Are you ready to take your business to the next level? Every day there are countless books and articles that are published offering the key on how to make your business a success. It's easy to feel overwhelmed trying to keep up and run your business. That's why Deb Creer created the Business Power Hour. Keep up on the latest trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. Let the Business Power Hour do the heavy work for you. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about giving professionals the tools that they need to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And we're going to be talking about finance. And, you know, I know that's a subject that not everybody likes, not everybody's comfortable. You know, it's one of those taboo things. You don't talk money, you don't talk politics, you don't talk religion. Well, you know, those all kind of went away and we don't care about that anymore. Um, But we're going to have a great time today talking with my guest. So please join me in welcoming Jonathan Dio to our program today. Welcome, Jonathan. Thanks, Deb. Excited to be here. Great, great. Well, let me tell people a little bit about you and then we'll jump into this. So Jonathan Dio is the best-selling author of Mindful Money. See, look, here it is. Mindful Money, Simple Practices for Reaching Your Financial Goals and Increasing Your Happiness Dividend. He writes and speaks about the intersection between love and money. We're going to talk a lot about that. He has been investing for 40 years and has been a financial advisor for 25. Jonathan started his firm in 2001, and he is a big believer in financial literacy training and a big advocate for the fiduciary standard. So again, Jonathan, welcome. Thank you, Deb. Great. Well, I always want to know a little bit more about our guests. So how is it that you got to where you are today, and how did you discover that this is your passion? So, I mean, it's no, it's no accident that I'm interested in, in investing to begin with. When I was nine years old, like I was working with my dad and he was, mm-hmm. trying, you know, teaching me about some mm-hmm. basics of investing. And, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, I, I went and met his broker at the time. There wasn't an advisor. It wasn't really a mm-hmm. thing. So he had a broker and in his broker's office, I would read value line research. So I'm eight, nine years old. And I bought my first stock as, you know, I had some money from birthdays or money mm-hmm. from you know odd jobs around the house or whatever. And I decided I was going to use that to buy a stock. And so mm-hmm. from nine years old, basically for the rest of my life through college up until you know professional career in it, I've been interested in, in investing. Mm. Um, I studied finance. I won the, you know, I won the economics scholarship from my high school to mm-hmm. go to college and and I was really excited about that. It was five hundred dollars. That was my scholarship, you know, cool. huge, huge help. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but I went to college and started studying finance mm-hmm. and finances great and interesting and frankly boring if you've spent 10 15 years already investing and in reading byline research and right yeah you probably knew more than a lot of the professors well I was like a two carried away I knew a lot but but uh, <laughs> they were I mean they were definitely smart but I did like the 400 level courses my first mm-hmm. couple of years right I said can I you know do something else and they're like no 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 you have to take your one and 200 level courses oh. to graduate. <laughs> like, that's that's kind of stupid so mm-hmm. okay I switched I started studying philosophy Mm. It's that I blended seven years of philosophy and religious mm-hmm. studies into this wow. uh, sort of amalgam of, of mm-hmm. business and mm-hmm. psychology and, and, and finance mm-hmm. and, and religion and philosophy. And, and I came out to, the, to California to study at the Graduate Theological Union. Mm-hmm. And I, my, my school was going to be the Lutheran Theological Seminary. I was going to go to seminary. Okay. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And I came out and this was... 1994. Mm-hmm. And in 1994, uh, I guess there was some kind of challenge with the Lutherans because they said, sorry, I got there. I drove in. I had my van. All my stuff was in the van. I said, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm here. I'm sorry. Um, we don't have a scholarship for you. Oh. I was like, well, that's, I would have liked to have known before I moved right, right mm-hmm. to California. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I went, okay, let's go back to some of those skills of, of working with people and, and, you know, sales skills. Mm-hmm. Basically, I went door right. to door. Mm-hmm to the different schools in the seminary and I ended up studying at the Institute of Buddhist Studies because they said, sure, we can, you know, we can meet your scholarship needs. Okay, great. Thanks. So I studied three years of Buddhist mm-hmm. studies. It was comparative religion, but I had a Buddhist mm-hmm. sense of it. Mm-hmm. Started meditating, started getting into that. And then my first wife, um, my first wife said, okay, Jonathan, it's my turn to go to school. Mm-hmm. I was like, hmm, okay. Mm-hmm. So I dropped out. 
I didn't complete a degree in Buddhist Mm -hmm. studies. So we have someone with a degree in philosophy who's dropped out of a degree in Buddhist studies. Now, can you name a job that really fits that category? Uh, No, especially (laughs) if you're trying to support a family. (laughs) Right, exactly. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I applied at a, for a couple different brokerage jobs because mm-hmm. I loved investing and I always right. loved investing. And so I said, okay, let me see if I can do this. Mm-hmm. And I was hired because back in the day, you know, you had to fog a mirror and right. be able to cold call. Mm-hmm. If you could cold call, they could hire mm-hmm. you. And so mm-hmm. I proved I could cold call and I could fog a mirror. So they hired me and I started off at the, in a Dean Witter training program. Mm-hmm. It took me seven years to sort of graduate from the Wall Street firm mm-hmm. to and really interviewing clients, and they said they wanted education and planning. Mm-hmm. And I go back to that education and planning. I wrote, I was writing something this morning, the, the core education planning. Uh, and so they said, that's what we want. I said, okay, I'm going to build my firm. And I started my own firm in 2001. Mm-hmm. I built my firm around that idea of uh, financial planning is the best way to get long-term success. Mm-hmm. And education is the best way to stick with planning. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's the, those two things become the core of everything we do at Mindful Money. Mm-hmm. I love it. You know, and I, I read your book. It's, it's great. And again, here, let me, let me show it to folks. Here's the book. Um, your, your background really does come through, you know, especially the, the philosophy and the, the, the theological. Um, and, and it, that really interested me because we always think financial, make money, make money, make money, make money. That's, you know, make money, make money, make money, retire, and then panic. Um, but when you combine it with your passion, your goals, your vision, you know, all of those various things, you know, some of it might be faith, some of it might be spiritual, all of those various things, that's where. It, it's really so important. And that's what I liked reading about in your book because, and that's why I'm sure it's mindful money um, because it's not about just making money. Now, yes, we have to make money. We have to eat. We have to pay rent. We have to do all of those things. But if we drive ourselves into the ground to do it, or we're always after that next goal, you know, all of those various things, then it's really not going to matter how much money we make. And, and I really like that about your book was it's got great sound financial information in it, but it also talks about, you know, not only what's going on here, but what's going on here. Mm, mm, yeah. Yeah. It's, a, you know, it's always been for me, it's, there's two different things that are going on in, in the creation of the book. The, the, mm-hmm. the first thing is we have, we have financialized everything. Right. Like everything comes down to dollars now. Mm-hmm. I think that's, that's unfortunate because, you know, true wealth, is not measurable in dollars. True right. wealth is, you know, all the things that money can't buy and death mm-hmm. can't take away. Mm-hmm. And that's like relationships. That's mm-hmm. that's my health. That's my family. That's my friends. That's mm-hmm. um, a sense of accountability to myself. Mm-hmm. That's gratitude. That's generosity. That's all of these things that we know we can point to. Philosophers for thousands of years have talked about it. Psychologists for the last 200 years have talked about it. Um, religion has talked about it for mm-hmm. thousands of years. Th- these things we know are happiness creators. Right. So that's, that's why the subtitle is, you know, you know, you gotta, you gotta reach your financial goals mm-hmm. and right. develop a happiness dividend. Mm-hmm. So the first, the first thing is really understanding what those sources of real meaning and value mm-hmm. are in our lives. Mm-hmm. But there's this other thing. And the other thing is, you know, in our financialized world, it's the goal seems to be to always outperform a neighbor. It's always right. to do better than my, mm-hmm. what are the Joneses doing? Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And the more we focus on outperforming or doing better, the, the research actually tells us the less we do better. Mm-hmm. Like it's not, there aren't decisions we can make that lead like, you know, I got to trade this, buy that, sell that. Right. Those decisions actually don't work. They actually work mm-hmm. against mm-hmm. our long-term success. Mm-hmm. So the things we have to develop are things like patience, mm-hmm. discipline, good habits, mm-hmm. and by developing those things and then maintaining a long-term view, which Planning, planning makes us you know, focus long-term. Right. If you do those things, you end up being more successful mm-hmm. and happier at the same time. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, you know, it's, you talk in your book about figuring out what's important to you. 
you know, and, and, and then what financial steps need to go to get there. And for some people, it is some material things. Um, you know, and that's great. If that's what's important to them, that's perfectly fine. Um, but, you know, they just have to realize, okay, well, if I want the Porsche, but I don't make a lot of money, maybe that means I got to eat a lot of ramen. Um, right. You know, whatever it is. But it, but it was so funny because I, as I was reading your book, I was actually, I had HGTV on, you know, on, uh, on in the background and see, and you, you know what. And so it was one of those programs where they were wanting their dream home. Now these were, it was a, a young couple. They had, you know, a, an infant, you know, it, older than a year, younger than two. So they were in their late twenties, early thirties, and their budget was $850,000 for a house. Now, I never caught on as to where it was. I mean, you know, because there's, it was funny, we were talking before the program started. I mean, there are places where 850,000 gets you something really big and 850,000 gets you something very small. But, you know, they were, and, and, you know, and and with most of the HGTV shows, when I watch them, I really do think, ah, (laughs) I mean, I might like what they're doing, but I think, I'm sorry, I would never spend that much money on a house. Um, You know, all these various things and, and, and bigger definitely isn't better. You know, when, you know, when somebody's selling the mansion and it's got 10 bathrooms, I'm thinking, well, who cleans them? But of course, you know, they have staff who does that, but, but, you know, it, it is about picking those material things. And as, you know, it, it was funny because during the program, they were asking these people what they wanted. Well, they wanted to be able to walk, to where they could do things. So walk to, to downtown, all these, these various things, be around their friends, you know, all sorts of things. And nowhere in there was, I have to have the giant house. Yep. But for them, they thought they had to have the giant expensive house. And, you know, and, and I think that's where so many people get themselves in trouble is they have to have the next, the biggest, the best. I mean, I'm sorry, I will never pay $1,000 for a phone. (laughs) I mean, it's just, no. (laughs) But but for some people, I mean, I know people who they stand in line, but it's really important to them to have the $1,000 phone. That's just not me. Yeah, I know. It's it's just, I think the the lesson that my father taught me was, Jonathan, you can have anything you want in life as long as you're willing to give up some other things. Right. And that's... That the whole idea of trade-offs, mm-hmm. that's when you're doing financial planning, what you're doing is mm-hmm. you're deciding upon, these are the things that are important to me. Like mm-hmm. I, I've got two kids. The next thing that I have to do, the next major expense of my life, I have a car, I've got a house. Mm-hmm. Next major expense I have is my kids are going to college. Right. And so I got to save money for that. Mm-hmm. And that, that's, you know, frankly, that's expensive these mm-hmm. days. And so that's, key. I, that's mm-hmm. a, What do I trade off for that? Well, right. maybe I'll take fewer vacations. Mm-hmm. Maybe I won't go out, to, go out to eat as much. Maybe mm-hmm. I, um, you know, what will I give up mm-hmm. so that my kids are well-educated mm-hmm. and good citizens? And I'll give up a lot for that. Right. Now, if it's just, you know, I'm going about my life and, and I have never thought about that. Mm-hmm. And I see the phone that's a thousand dollars or the car that's really expensive or that the flight for the, for to go to Paris, that's really mm-hmm. expensive someday when we can fly again. Um, when I see those things, I go, Oh, I'd really like that. And I just do that unless I have something that reminds me mm-hmm. that, you know what, what's really important to me is that my kids are well-educated. So I'm saving for that. That is, right. the, that is what I'm putting my, but I got to trade away this other stuff to make mm-hmm. that pop. Right. And that's keeping that top of mind mm-hmm. and having that something you look at on a regular basis. You have a plan you go, okay, what was important again? Mm-hmm. Then when COVID happens or 2008 happens or 2001 happens or whenever the world sends you something that's really Mm -hmm. difficult to deal with, you go, what did my plan tell me I was supposed to do? Mm -hmm. All right, I'll do that because I don't know what's going to come out of this other stuff. Mm -hmm. The plan gave me action steps. Mm -hmm. Follow the plan. Simple. You know, and of course, the the other thing with having a plan is because you know exactly what you're doing, you're not making, as you said, you know, those, those impulse purchases. Right. Because typically, it, many of those impulse purchases, obviously, it depends on what it is, are put on that little plastic thing. Right. And, you know, and, and, and that's great. I mean, we all use credit cards. You have to use credit cards in, you know, even if it's a debit card, whatever, you know, you, you, this day and age, you have to, to be using credit cards. Um, I know people, that, and now these are the much younger generation, they don't have bank accounts, which that just floors me. Um, I'm like, yeah, and they pay with money orders or credit cards. I'm like, okay, whatever. Um, but, 
Yeah, the problem is, of course, unless part of your planning is that you pay that credit card off every month or you have a plan to pay it off. I mean, you know, you might put a big purchase on it, but you know, I will pay it off in three months. You know, whatever it is. I mean, you know, all those things. I mean, credit cards can be just disastrous for anybody because it really is pretty easy to pull out that pretty little plastic thing when you see the next bright, shiny object. Squirrel. Yeah, squirrel. And some of those squirrels are gold-plated. <laughs> That's for, for, so that so you have the plan, you have some knowledge about, yeah, you got this credit card, but mm-hmm. then, and this is why, this is why that mindfulness piece is so important mm-hmm. because, you know, just going about your day, not thinking about stuff, it's really easy to fall into this, you know, it's been a long day. I'm really tired. I'm just going to pick some food up on the way home. Right. I don't feel like cooking tonight. Mm-hmm. I'm going to pick some food up on the way home. That is, I think that's the one that I hear more than any other mm-hmm. thing. It's not, it's not the car purchase. Right. Though, it's the little you know, things, a whole bunch little of little things. things. Yeah, and they add up, and it's two or three a day. It's mm-hmm. lunch. Do I take my lunch to work, mm-hmm. or do I go downstairs from the office and, and find lunch down mm-hmm. in the street? Right, uh, uh, and that's that's three dollars versus twelve dollars or sixteen dollars. Mm-hmm. Right, so it's it's a huge difference there. Mm-hmm. And that's if it's three versus twelve, right? That's nine dollars every single day that I can be saving. Mm-hmm. Nine dollars times five, you know, it's forty. Right. It's two hundred bucks a month. That's mm-hmm. real money. Like that's oh, real yeah. money that can be. Put, can be put aside for those things that are really important to you. Right. But it's, it's the mindfulness that mm-hmm. creates that space. And I don't know if you, I don't know how many people come on and talk about mindfulness, but the, the definition of mindfulness is mm-hmm. a, is a non-judgmental awareness of the present moment. Mm-hmm. What that means is I'm confronted with reality. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying this is good and that's bad. I'm mm-hmm. not saying I want this. I don't want that. It's mm-hmm. just, here's reality. And what mindfulness does over time, if you have this practice, you know, mindfulness practice, 10 minutes a day, staring at a wall, reflecting, right? Mm -hmm. It creates a space between the desire for the thing, the lunch on the way home, the dinner on the way home, Mm -hmm. the lunch out, the toy, the thousand dollar phone, whatever, the desire for the thing and the action of purchasing the thing. And that space lets you make a better choice. Mm -hmm. Mindfulness is all about creating a space between the action and the reaction. Right. And whether that's purchasing or panicking in an investment time like COVID mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever that emotional reaction is, mindfulness gives you a chance to check, hmm, what would be really beneficial here mm-hmm. and then make the right, right choice. Right. Yeah. It's just kind of that little mental pause yeah. to think, okay, yeah, it would be nice to stop for food, but I got stuff at home, right. um, you know, and, and, or, or whatever it is. And, and it's funny because COVID is, you know, one of those things, we we tend to order out once or twice a week. Now it's just my husband and I, um, and some of that is I, there's just only so much I can cook. <laughs> you know? um, but we also like supporting the local businesses, you know, and, and being able to yeah. do that. But we've made a decision. It's only usually once or twice a week. Um, you know, we're not going crazy. I always wonder, you know, like I'm a huge fan of, of Big Bang Theory. You know, that's one of my favorite TV programs. I can do most of them. You know, I can say the lines before they do. They ate out every meal or they, they, they had takeout every meal. Takeout, and, yeah. and I really did. I always kept thinking, how much do they spend on food? <laughs> it is kind of amazing. I mean, we do, we have the same commitment. Like mm-hmm. we, we did once a week and then because, you know, we've got a family of four. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's easy to, to just not cook one night, right? right? Um, during COVID, actually, my kids have each taken a night. So now ah. uh, now uh, Eli cooks one meal a day mm-hmm. or one meal a week and Annie cooks one meal a week. Uh, and we order out twice and mm-hmm. we, we choose one of those local businesses. And, and mm-hmm. more often than not, nowadays, we're, we're ordering from uh, 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 a person of color's business. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, there's those lists are out there. And, and oh, yeah. They, mm-hmm. they didn't have as much access to PPP money mm-hmm. as as others did. So, mm-hmm. you know, let's, let's support as many businesses as we can and keep them going so that on the other side of this thing, mm-hmm. we have places to go. Otherwise right. we won't. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And, and just thinking through, you know, like you said, you know, we can get the same food at the chain, but the right. chain's probably doing okay. You know, let's go to the mom and pop place. And right. if it's a minority mom and pop place, that that's even better. Um, yep. You know, so just stopping and thinking, who can we help? I always over tip. Now I tend to kind of over tip anyway. You know, I'm just, I'm one of those people. I figure they're never paid enough anyway, but now it's even more so, you know, I'm, I'm going to over tip because 
it, they're struggling. I know they're struggling. Um, you know, and, and it's funny because like if I use Uber Eats or something like that, they, they, they see it before they even deliver the food. And I, you know, I, it, you know, I don't remember what it was that somebody brought a couple of weeks ago and she thanked me very specifically. She said, I saw that you, you tipped extra. Thank you so much. God bless you. Now I live in the South. They all, they always bless you. Um, and she said, I put in some extra things for you. Now it was things like, you know, little, the little, um, uh, towelettes. She said, I put some in so you can put them in your purse. I mean, you know, it didn't cost her anything, but she just, she thought, well, that was nice. I'm going to see what I can do. Um, you know, and, and so it, it is kind of thinking about those things and, and gratitude and giving back is one of the things that you talk about in your book mm-hmm. is, you know, what can we do for other people? I added a dollar to my tip. Now, you know, for me, it was a dollar and I was like, yeah, yeah, whatever. For her, it meant a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, and, 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 and I'm sure part of it was it just meant a lot to her that I thought of it. But, you know, how can we give back? And, and that, I think, is one of the important things that we, we do need to, to be aware of when we're doing our financial planning. You know, whether it's tithing, whether it's, it's you know, making donations to, to nonprofits, whatever it is. What can we do to give back? And if you can't give money, can you volunteer? I mean, all these, there's lots of other things you can be doing. Time, there's time you can put into things. You can, you can offer your specific talents mm-hmm. to different organizations. You can, you can share your treasure, right? Mm-hmm. That's the, the three-time talent treasure or the, or, the, mm-hmm. or the core. But there's, anytime you give, this is really, I think this is really important psychologically speaking. They've done, they've done studies on this where they've given somebody, you know, out on the street, they give somebody $20 and they say, okay, you can do whatever you want with us, $20. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're going to reach out to you later in the day, see how you feel. Okay. So they take the $20 and they give it to thousands of people, right? Mm-hmm. And some people take it and they go, you know what? I'm going to get myself a coffee mm-hmm. uh, and maybe a, maybe a, whatever, a croissant or something. Mm-hmm. Right? And other people say, you know what? I saw that homeless guy. I'm going to give that $20 mm-hmm. to, that, to that homeless guy. And when you ask people after the fact, you know, how, how do you feel? First, what'd you do with the 20 bucks? Well, such and such and such. Okay. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about that? And people that gave it to the homeless guy or, or gave it to somebody who would benefit from it um, actually had a higher uptick in their feeling mm-hmm. good about themselves than the people that spent it on themselves. Right. And so there's, there's, a, there's sort of a quiet benefit to giving. And the mm-hmm. quiet benefit is when you give, you recognize yourself as a person who gives. Mm-hmm. And oh my goodness, you know, if you see those... You know, we see, you know, the, the extreme examples of uh, Gandhi or Mother Teresa mm-hmm. or somebody who's given their entire lives mm-hmm. to something. Mm-hmm. And you go, wow, I, I couldn't do that. Right. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. But when you give a little thing, you see yourself as somebody who gives. Mm-hmm. And if you can see yourself as somebody who gives, you can like yourself more. Mm-hmm. Like you become a more likable human. Right. When you see somebody else give, they're more likable people. You like mm-hmm. them more. Mm-hmm. But it's the same thing when you give and you notice it. And, and maybe it's so subtle that people don't recognize that. But that's that's kind of what the research shows us. So right. it makes a lot of sense to whenever you give the chance, when you have the chance to, to, to give. Mm-hmm. One one other thing on this, and that's, I don't know if you've ever tried this, but there's times that I'm like, I'm in just a crappy mood. I like feel bad. I'm not mm-hmm. happy. Like, yeah. Like well, I keep calling it COVID cranky. Right, right. I get right. Exactly. Right. It's, <laughs> I, for the first Two months of not going mm-hmm. anywhere, I was fine. That mm-hmm. that ninth week, I wanted to kill somebody. Like, oh, I was, yeah. Oh, this is. Uh-huh. But if you take that and you, okay, what do I do with this? And you take it, you give more than you felt. You find a cause, whatever. Mm-hmm. You give more than you feel you should. I, doesn't that, that brightens my day. Like, mm-hmm. I feel yeah. better. Oh, totally yeah. selfishly, I mm-hmm. feel better. Mm-hmm. So there's, I mean, there's all kinds of reasons to give. Why right. not? Why right. not? And, and, you know, when you do something like that, you might be thinking, okay, so we're eating out one less time this week. It's all right. We're enjoying right. having dinners together with our family. Right, right. Oh, and, right. and so, yeah, it's, and of course, COVID really has put, I mean, you know, we can plan and we can plan. And then things like September 11th happen. Um, you know, clearly the pandemic is probably the, the worst thing that has happened in my lifetime, um, you know, and, and I'm older than you, um, you know, and, and so, you know, it, it is one of those tricky things because one of the things that we're told is, you know, you should plan to have three months of reserve. Well, yep. we're in month six, um, you know, and, and all these various things. So, 
you know, what do people do? I mean, it's just, and, and I realize that's a huge open-ended question, but it is very difficult for people. And I think one of the things that I've definitely seen is the haves and the have-nots have gotten even further apart. Um, You know, and, and, and that's, that's very, very sad. Um, But, you know, for people who are, you know, struggling or, 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 you know, better, maybe they're okay. But, you know, this is going to continue. So what are some tips and things that, that you have for people? Because, you know, they're talking about second wave, it might not go away. More importantly, there might be something else like this that comes along. So what can we do to be thinking, hmm, if this happens, we'll be okay? Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, so there's. there's there was like 900 uh, questions in there. Sorry no, about no, that. I, 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 I totally get the questions, but there's, the, the challenge is there's a, there's a subset of people for whom I, the only thing that we can do for them is to pressure Congress to actually put the supports through because right. we, have to, mm-hmm. we have to recognize that this isn't, you know, this isn't, you know, we, we malinvested in stuff. And so mm-hmm. now, now there's a right. you know, recession. Yeah, when when entire industries like hospitality are Shut extremely down. affected. Shut yeah. down. Mm-hmm. No movies, you know, flights are yeah. 20% of the flights oh, yeah. are in hotels. Forget about it. Right. So, mm-hmm. What does that mean? If you clean hotel rooms, mm-hmm. you're done. Like there's right. no income for you. Mm-hmm. you worked in restaurants, like 90% of the restaurant population and whatever, 70% of the people that worked in restaurants are unemployed. Mm-hmm. Like, and they're, and it's not like they can go find other restaurant jobs. Right. Like, yeah. The Cause they're not money. open either. Mm-hmm. Right. So there has to be a large, this is, you know, you save for a rainy day from mm-hmm. a, from a federal government perspective. Mm-hmm. This is the rainy day that we say, but the reason we mm-hmm. shouldn't always be spending on every single thing that we mm-hmm. want to spend on is because this kind of thing happens. Right. And right. when this happens, there should be trillions pouring out of the federal government right now to support right. those people who can't get work mm-hmm. right now yeah. and can't and, go to work. You know, and let's be honest. I mean, a lot of those people, you know, their minimum wage, it's not that they didn't save or that they right. wasted their money. They didn't have it to be able to do anything, um, right. you know, and, and so, you know, there's, it, we can't point fingers, we can't blame. I mean, it's just, it's, it's just very sad. And, and it was funny, somebody said, well, how can the government, you know, give more? And, and I looked at him and I said, they print more. I mean, you know, that's basically what they do. They just print yeah. more money. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they print more and they, and they give more and then we have to figure out how to pay mm-hmm. it back later. And that's, right. you know, we do that for everything. So this, mm-hmm. it's not like we're not running it. It's not like we haven't run a deficit for the last 30 right. years. Oh, we, yeah. Nobody seems to care that we run a deficit. <laughs> so, so, I mean, that's, the, the reality is we've got those, those people who they are suffering. They need federal support. Mm-hmm. For the rest, I mean, in the planning process, and you, you kind of just touched on this, you know, the, the idea is we should have three months of, of safety money in an mm-hmm. emergency fund. And I think that works if you're in your 20s. But, it, you know, I write about this all the time in working with clients. Three months when you're in your 40s or 50s or 60s, that's not enough. Between your 20th birthday and your 65th birthday, you should move from three months to six months, Mm -hmm. 12 months to 18 months to two Mm -hmm. years of just cash on the sidelines. Mm -hmm. Because the the older we get, the more complex our lives are, the more people depend upon us, the more stuff that can break. The more things that can go wrong. Mm-hmm. If you lose your job, it has a bigger effect. If you can't go to work, it has a bigger effect. Mm-hmm. If you're retired and relying upon your assets for income, well, you can't, you know, when, when March happened and markets were off 35% in 20 days, you can't right. pull money out of that. No. You can't. If you do, you went you in the hole. Retirement, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. So, so you have to have, you have to have cash on the sidelines. Mm-hmm. And when you're 65, two years of cash, mm-hmm. have the whole two years. And then, and then there's other things you do. And it's, this is before COVID before 9-11, mm-hmm. before the Great Recession, you have to do three basic things with, with portfolios. Mm-hmm. You, have to, you have to have an asset allocation that's appropriate for your plan. Mm-hmm. What that means is you want to have, have stocks, you want to have equities, you want to have right. things that are volatile that provide return. Mm-hmm. But you, wanna, you also want to have the right amount of bonds, fixed income, safety. Mm-hmm. So just in case, you, know, you have something you can draw from. Mm-hmm. And then, in each of those categories, you want to have broad diversification mm-hmm. and then you want to rebalance. And that's mm-hmm. really, if you do those three things, appropriate asset allocation, mm-hmm. broad, broad diversification and rebalancing, you've taken care of 90% of what you need to build right. a portfolio. 
It is, right. it is not rocket science. Mm-hmm. The reason we think we have to do better and more is because the world tells us we need to be do, do better mm-hmm. and more. The first part of the whole book is about getting out, is getting away from that whole mentality of, I got, oh, I got to be smarter than the markets. No, you don't. Right. You just have to put more into it. You just mm-hmm. have to be patient. You have to have, yeah. you have, to have the character of the investment. Mm-hmm. Right. And patient really is one of the key words, um, yeah. you know, and, and because you see it go down and you think, oh my gosh, I better sell everything. Well, most things that go down, go back up, um, you know, and, and now obviously, you know, some things are going out of business. I mean, if you own stock in companies that are closing, well, that's, that's a problem. But you know, I was thinking, you know, I'm, I'm here in Atlanta, Delta Airlines would be a great example. I mean, clearly their stock is declining because air travel is declining, right. but selling it now, you'd probably sell at a loss, you know, more than likely, and it will go back up. Now, it might not go back up for several years, and that's right. where the whole patience thing comes in. And you, know, and, and you might want to go, okay, well, I don't know if JetBlue is publicly traded, but you know, if you had stock in something like that, that might be something you, you don't want. But, um, but yeah, it, it's, it's patience. I mean, I, I've known people who look at what they have multiple times a day and move stuff around. Yeah. Ugh. I mean, now granted, I don't like doing that, period. And and I'm very glad that my husband takes care of all that. I'll just put that out there. He takes care of all that for us. But, you know, they, and, and they get so worked up over a 10 cent difference. And I'm like, Ooh. <laughs> you know, so don't go get that cup of coffee. Um, but yeah, it's, it's patience and figuring things out, um, you know, and, and, and that's where it really does help in many cases to work with a professional like you, um, because we can't figure it out on our own, especially if we're diversifying, if we're, you know, doing a lot of things because we're supposed to be doing other things with our lives. So I, I actually, so I, what I do isn't, I mean, honestly, it's not, it's not rocket. I, it's not special. I don't have any special skill set. Like, you can't, you don't have a crystal ball. No, I don't. Oh. The, the thing that I have is I have, I have basically maybe three things I have. I have an absolute faith in the rebound. Mm-hmm. And so some people are going to be, are going to hear that and think that's insane. Mm-hmm. But I, I say to them, where's your, pre- where's the precedent that supports that this time it's, this time is different. Right. Like every single time any sort of global national mm-hmm. local debacle has occurred, the world, ha- you know, the media has gone mm-hmm. crazy. It's the end of the world. This will never recover. You know, blah, 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 blah. Capitalism mm-hmm. is over. And every single time in a couple of years, we're back to normal. Mm-hmm. And COVID, this will be no different. This will, right. this will, this will, oh, be, yeah. this will be the latest issue, mm-hmm. the latest episode of craziness that passes, mm-hmm. right? Um, and we'll so, move on to the next craziness. <laughs> right, right. So I, I have this faith. Mm-hmm. I have this faith in the belief in the future, right? Mm-hmm. That helps me. And then I have patience, the thing we've just been talking about. Mm-hmm. I, I got this patience. And I have the discipline to follow my plan when it when it's not comfortable. Mm-hmm. It's not. I don't like seeing my portfolio go down thirty percent. That's oh yeah, that's painful. Mm-hmm. I hate it, but mm-hmm. I believe it comes back. And it, mm-hmm. you know, we look forward to 2021, 2022. Guess mm-hmm. what? Earnings are going to be higher in mm-hmm. 2021 or 2022 than they were in 2018 and 2019. Mm-hmm. If earnings are higher, where are stock prices going to go? Right, higher. Mm-hmm. Of course, mm-hmm. that's it's crazy to think otherwise. Mm-hmm. I mean, COVID, horrible, people dying, people sick, no question. Businesses are laying people off. They've cut right. their expenses. They will grow again. Mm-hmm. People will go back to work. People will start buying more stuff and more services mm-hmm. because we want more better for ourselves and for mm-hmm. our kids. That's just, I want a better life for my kids. Right. That's, I want that. So mm-hmm. it's going to happen. I know mm-hmm. it's going to happen. I mean, that's true across the planet, around the mm-hmm. world. That's Everyone wants that. So mm-hmm. I don't think you can... I don't think you step out of that. I think you can maintain your faith, mm-hmm. be disciplined about it, and then just, you know, open your patience drawer. We talk mm-hmm. about it with our kids. You have a drawer, open the patience drawer, pull some patience out, and just mm-hmm. wait it out. Right. And and it's rough. I mean, you know, especially when, you know, when you get your 401k and right. it's like, oh, holy schmoly. Um, but, you know, and and obviously there are good investments and bad investments. You know, I, I always laugh that, you know, I, we, I, we really should invest in the gloves and the masks. We should have done that years ago. Um, you know, but, and, and I mean, clearly there are companies now and, and I'm not talking about a company like Amazon 
you know, they're just that gorilla that's going to do whatever. But there are companies that have done wonderful things, you know, even in this short time span, um, you know, and, and so it might be worth kind of checking them out, but not putting lots into it. Um, you know, I'm, 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 I am a conservative investor. I didn't used to be. I used to think, ooh, what's the riskiest thing I can get? Let's earn money. Um, but yeah, I figured out, nah, you know, it could also go down just as fast. Right, right. Um, I mean, I think the key... Remember that the second the second element, like the first element is plan appropriate diversi- plan appropriate mm-hmm. asset allocation. The second element is diversification. It's right. not, and I don't. I used to do this. I used to trade options. I used to trade mm-hmm. stocks. I used to think I was a genius. I did really well sometimes. I did really poorly other times. You know, I would talk about the things I did really well, but I would kind of mm-hmm. you know ignore. I wouldn't tell anyone about the things I screwed mm-hmm. up. I wanted mm-hmm. to share that. Um, so that's how you. If you think about going through life, those are the stories you're hearing from other people. Mm-hmm. Hey, I bought. You know, I bought Apple. They don't tell you that they bought whatever Juniper Networks that went to zero. Right, they, yeah. They don't tell you mm-hmm. that. Like, I bought Apple and I bought this other thing. Apple went up 200 times. Mm-hmm. This other one went to zero. Like, mm-hmm. they don't share all of the stuff. So mm-hmm. so we're, we're all looking at an average, our own average portfolio and mm-hmm. comparing it to the wonderful stories of positive returns that other people are getting. Mm-hmm. And, and we're thinking, could How I? How did they do that? Mm-hmm. How could I get that, right? Mm-hmm. That'd be so nice to just have Apple and not have anything else right now. If two years ago someone said, "Okay, Jonathan, we think it makes sense for you to put all your money in Apple," you mm-hmm. you tell them they're insane and you right. run the other way. Oh yeah, turns out they were right. They were mm-hmm. lucky, right? But mm-hmm. it's crazy right. to think that kind of stuff. So the right. point is, don't try to pick. Don't mm-hmm. say, "I want this one or that one," or don't think that hey, right now that this company is producing PPE that they're going to be a great investment. Mm-hmm. They were a great investment. Right now, now it's known that they were a great investment. Mm-hmm. We don't know what's going to happen in the next six mm-hmm. months or a year. Oh, you know, yeah. We're going to have a vaccine. PPE is not going to be necessary. That company's going to suffer. Right? Mm-hmm. So it's yep. always, 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 always broad. Buy the whole market. Mm-hmm. No, not the S&P 500. Buy the Russell 3000. Mm-hmm. Buy it all. Right. Buy everything. Yeah. Buy a little thing. here, a little there. On average, it's going to go right. up. And on average, you're going to you're going to do better than all the people that are trading because mm-hmm. you know they're trying to guess and figure it out. And, and some of them might do really well and some of them might do really poorly. Mm-hmm. You're just you're going to stay steady. It's going to be easier to live your life. You're going to have enough. And really that's what we want is enough. Mm -hmm. We don't need more. We need enough. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and, you know, that comes back to what we were saying at the start, the enough, you know, as opposed to, I have to do more. I have to, you know, all these various things. And I mean, for some people more really is what their goal is. Okay. That's fine. Um, But, for most people, having enough really is enough, um, you know, and, and so then you can weather these storms. And it, it, it is about education. And I love that, that you talk about the fact that, you know, when you were nine, your parents were talking to you about this. My parents, that was not a topic we discussed. You know, my father worked for the state of, of the, he actually worked for the state of Colorado was you know fairly you know we now I was an only child so I'm sure that helped a bit and we lived in a really really small mountain town where the cost of living was like negative um and you know and and we took uh, pretty good vacations all sorts of things I mean you know I don't ever remember wanting for something now sometimes it was do you really need that oh okay um you know those type of things but uh, you know we never discussed money I never ever and we never talked about it in school. You know, there weren't classes that said, here is, you know, here's how to set up a bank account. Um, you know, here's how to do all of these things. So, and and I think in most cases, that's still the case. You know, we're not talking about it with kids. We're not talking about it in schools, all those things. And so we have to educate ourselves. Yep. And it's, so th- th- this is, I think when I, when I think back, in my own childhood and compare it to all the stories I've heard of all the clients I've worked with. The one thing that is different about how I was raised and how everyone else was raised was we didn't, we didn't have a lot of money. That's not it at all. My Mm -hmm. dad showed me our taxes when I was Mm -hmm. nine, when I was eight, nine, 10 years old, he would, he would walk through what the IRS, what the tax form was. How much got taken out and you're like, what the heck? (laughs) It wasn't even that. It was just, Mm Made this much, we pay taxes. Mm-hmm. Here's the here's here's the result, and here's right. you know it's just, there's taxes, and then he'd say, "This is how you know you think about investing, and, and mm-hmm. when you you have a little bit of income, make sure you put some away." And my mm-hmm. mom would say, "Save and save and save and mm-hmm. save," and they would they would just this is our family finances. They shared it with me, and I'm not 
you know, I didn't learn the lesson. Like I'm not that open with my own kids Mm -hmm. in the same way my parents were with me. So they're Mm -hmm. not going to have the same knowledge that I have. But so the last probably three to five years, I've I've had this sort of education driven practice for 20 some years, right? It's Mm -hmm. very very education, very planning oriented. Mm -hmm. The last five or six years, clients have come to me and said, I can't talk to my kids about money. Will you? Oh, mm. okay. That's a good idea. Let me, Interesting. let me think about that. Mm-hmm. And so we've, we've started doing classes, live classes for our clients mm-hmm. um, and, their, and for their kids. And some of our clients come to them as well. Mm-hmm. And we said, wow, what, we should record these and these should just be available on our YouTube channel for people in our community. And we can share cool. them broadly or give them the workbooks. Mm-hmm. And so we're just giving this stuff away. And that, mm-hmm. that actually went, led to, we're actually creating digital courses now. Wow. So, Nice. Four, four months from now, three months from now, mm-hmm. two, two months from now, I think. We're, we're actually quite a ways along. Mm-hmm. So two months from now, we're launching um, digital courses that are, there's 16 one-hour courses that you can mm-hmm. take them. You can take, you can buy all the package of all 16, mm-hmm. those 16 hours. I think we're charging like 500 bucks for 16 hours mm-hmm. of workbooks to go along with it, mm-hmm. all this kind of stuff with it. Um, uh, or you can do one at a time. I think they're 40 bucks for a single course. Mm-hmm. So you, how do we get out of debt? There's a course for that. Right. How do I, how do I read my credit report course mm-hmm. for that? How do I invest? There's three courses for mm-hmm. that. So how do I, how do I do my estate plan? There's a course for that. Mm-hmm. So we've covered everything in the whole mm-hmm. gamut in the 16 courses, or we've got, we've broken the 16 into, into subsets of six, seven, or eight for life stages. You're 20, oh, okay. first mm-hmm. job. How do you sit before? Okay. Boom. Mm-hmm. Six courses just for you. Mm-hmm. So we've, we put this together to to do two things. First, you know, maybe maybe we share that with the world and people will buy some courses and we'll make a little bit of money on it. Right. I, hope, I hope that happens, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we're investing about hundred thousand dollars in the creation of these courses, so I hope hope we get yeah, that. You hope back. to at least make that back. I hope to get that back. <laughs> if I don't, though, I think I will have made a difference in the world. Right. I'm going to give it away free in my own community. So if mm-hmm. you're there's a church that wants to share it with their high school kids. Mm-hmm. Fine, give it to them. Oh, wow. If there's, mm-hmm. a, if there's a school, the, the 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 Berkeley Community College, they want to give it to their students. Free, give it to them. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, in my community, I'm going to be giving it away left and right, mm-hmm. and I hope help people hear this and they they say, hey, how do we get access to it? Because mm-hmm. I'm giving away access to it. Mm-hmm. Um, the 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 ultimate for this. So these are just these are just education. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm in the process of building a planning course. So mm-hmm. you said, well, maybe people need a need to talk to an advisor. Mm-hmm. I want to build a course that people can actually build to create their own financial plan. Mm-hmm. Start at the beginning, establish their values, understand what their purpose is, create their compelling vision of their life, mm-hmm. build their savings habit, understand how to pay off debt, the whole thing. So they have an action plan. That'll mm-hmm. probably be a little bit more expensive, but I want mm-hmm. people, I want people to be able to do this without me because right. there's a lot of people, you know, I'm, I'm only one guy. I can only serve so many people in my mm-hmm. office. We've got eight of us. We can only serve so many people. Mm-hmm. There's thousands of people that have no access to this mm-hmm. stuff. Right. So I want to, want to make sure people have access. And so mm-hmm. people will hit me up and can I do this for free? Sure. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, if people, if people see you on here, see this and they say, Hey, I saw you on, on Deb career and they, they asked me for it. I'll give it to them for free. Oh, I love it. I love it. You know, and, uh, and we're not talking about people that are millionaires you no. know, or, or, you know, even how, no. you know, it, like you, you know, you, you were saying before, somebody decides, okay, we're not going to buy that coffee every day. So we, that gives us $9 a day, $200 a month. What can I do with that $200 a month? And of course there is that little thing called compound interest and, you know, all sorts of things. And so $200 really, if you get into that habit of, of doing that, because it's kind of like one of those things, you know, you save 200, well, Gonna maybe save two fifty, um, right. you know all of those things when you see that it's growing, um, but but yeah, I mean this this is not something that is, you know anybody can do it. You know even if you just got your cookie jar that you know when somebody swears and they put money in there, you know <laughs> that's that's something that you can be using to invest. Yep, I, it, so I, I love the idea that you know even if it's fifty, it doesn't have to be two hundred. If it's fifty, start there. Mm-hmm. And there's there are two things that happen. The one you referenced is, wow, I, I that's actually not so hard. I can save fifty. Right. Maybe I can save sixty mm-hmm. or seventy-five. Mm-hmm. But there's the other thing that happens is the person you will be, you're now becoming. The job you're going to have, you're now approaching. Right. So maybe now you make twenty-five dollars an hour, mm-hmm. and and wow, it's tight. It's tight. Mm-hmm. Saving fifty bucks a month is hard, mm-hmm. but you're going to keep working. And mm-hmm. you're going to get a raise and that raise is going to be to $28 an hour. Mm-hmm. Then it'll be $32 an hour. Then it'll be $45 an hour. And sooner or later, you'll grow and grow and grow and grow. The, the, I mean, this is important. Some of that raise 
commit to saving. Mm-hmm. And if you commit to saving some of that raise, or maybe all of that raise, mm-hmm. there's an idea. If you if you commit to keep your expending the same way it was, mm-hmm. commit to saving the raise, then suddenly your pool of assets grows. Right. And it and, didn't hurt you because you didn't take anything away. Right, right. It's huge. If you can if you can create that habit every mm-hmm. time you get a raise, some of it goes to savings, some of it goes to savings, and, it go, and build the savings. So now it's not 50, it's 200. Now it's not mm-hmm. 200, it's 300. It's mm-hmm. not 300, it's $500 a month going away. Mm-hmm. Sooner or later, you actually have real assets. And those assets are spinning off, like you said, compound interest. And compound interest right. is the eighth wonder of the world. The mm-hmm. fact that I mean, once you tap into compound interest, you, you're, you are set. You are mm-hmm. step one towards the rest of your life. It's an mm-hmm. incredible opportunity to build something that you can fulfill all of those goals you have and leave something after you leave a legacy for your kids, for your community, for your church, for your college, whatever that thing is for you, you, you know, be the person that gives back, mm-hmm. be the person that can, that can save and create something for the future. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and, and again, we're talking, you know, it can be little and it, one of the other things, take advantage of other things. You know, if you have a 401k at work, I remember the very first time that I worked for a company that had a 401k, I figured out how much they were going to take out. And I was like, but I could go shopping with that or pay my rent or, or whatever. But I was smart enough to put it aside and to put away the maximum that they would match. Um, you know, and, 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 you know, it just, it, it, it you know, you know they, I still have, I mean, money in those accounts. I mean, it's, you know, but, but yeah, I mean, you know, if, if your, if your company is going to match dollar for dollar, whatever it is, Take advantage of that, folks. You know, and and yeah, it might mean that your your big raise isn't quite as big, or your big salary isn't quite as big, but that's okay. You know, you we do need to plan for the future, um, and that's that is scary. It's it's funny. I was telling you um, before we started the program that we're kind of at that stage where we're planning for retirement. <laughs> um, you know, actually, really getting close to it. So that's that's the funny thing, and. That should, mental- that should be here. That should be yay. Not- I know. And, and, and of course, what, what I do, I can do until the day I die. You know, and, and so, but, but my husband really is looking forward to retiring. I mean, you know, that's, that's there. And, but I have a mental block because I'm not old enough to be planning <laughs> for my retirement. And, you know, and I mean, that's, that's just silly and stupid and, you know, and, and, and we need to be doing, it. But, but yeah, I mean, it is one of those things that we're just like, no, no, yeah, I'm going to push that off as far as I can. It's, that's, it's going to be here before we know it. Um, you know, and so why not plan for it and, and just have that taken care of? Well, you've, I, I don't, I don't know your story entirely, but my assumption is you've actually been planning for it all along. Oh Yeah. Right? Wow. Now you're actually looking at the date going, yeah, maybe I'll do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's yeah. I mean, that's really a beautiful part of, of financial independence is you don't you don't have to stop working. You right. mm-hmm. can, mm-hmm. like your husband wants to. Mm-hmm. Good on him, right? Yeah. Let him stop. That's great. But if mm-hmm. if you wanna if he wants to, mm-hmm. you know, I I've I've got clients that say, you know what, I don't wanna I don't wanna do what I'm doing. I wanna do something else. I wanna write a book. One guy wanted to grow raspberries, so he he built a raspberry farm incredible. Oh. He went to restaurants. He, you know, sold it at the farmer's market, loved it. Great raspberries. Another guy said, you know what I want to do is I want to work in a hardware store. Mm-hmm. Like I love like machinery and tools and hardware. Yeah. So I want to work in a hardware mm-hmm. store. Fun. He just wanted to do it. He didn't yeah. have to. He wanted oh, yeah. to. Yeah. It's well, freedom. Yeah. Not retirement. It's and freedom. we did that thing last year. The really scary thing. We did wills. Oh, and, and, you know, it was, it was actually more expensive than I had thought it was going to be, but that was because ours is a little bit more complicated because we set up a trust and, and all sorts of things. But you know, the, the really funny thing about it is we don't have kids. So, and, and I say, you know, none of the nieces and nephews have sucked up enough that they're going to get anything. (laughs) Um, So, you know, ours, ours for the most part will be philanthropic donations. Yeah. You know, we were talking about the fact that, you know, we, University of Colorado, go Buffs. And so, we have, yeah, I know, those cow bears. Um, but, you know, so we set it up and we worked with the university to, to you know, to do all of this and, and to do it the appropriate way. So it's, you know, it's, it's planned giving is what, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, you know that. But, um, and so we did all this. And of course, it's, it's, it's not a small amount. So we're now major donors. And I just think that is the funniest thing in the world that we are considered major donors. Um, and so we get stuff. It's really funny, um, you know, and, and all this stuff. But, 
I was back there talking with him. We were there last year and we got to go to a special event for the major donors and yada, yada, yada. And I've known some of these people for many years and I volunteer for the university. I still volunteer for them out here in, in Georgia. So I knew some of the people at the foundation and I was talking to this one man and it's so funny because, you know, he was thanking us for, for the gift and, and all of this. And I said, now I got a question for you. I said, if we both, my husband and I die today, the university gets a lot of money. But if we really live a good, long, fun life, you might get 20 bucks. I said, so what do you say? And he looks at me perfectly straight faced and he said, we wish for you a long and frugal life. <laughs> and I thought, you know, that actually really, <laughs> you know, that, you know, yeah, you don't want to be so frugal that you're not doing things. But when you're planning for what comes next. That now, I mean, you might plan on the fact that, you know, I, we, I have a brother-in-law that, that laughs about the fact that, you know, his last check with yep. his last money will be to pay the mortuary. Right. Um, you know, and, and so or it'll I mean, bounce. The yeah. last check bounces. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and, you know, and the morticians are like, wow. Um, but, you know, and so there are people who are like that, but that is, you know, that is one of the things to be thinking about is what, you know, are you, are you taking care of family? Are you taking care of your kids? All of those things. But having those discussions with them, and I know that that is sometimes a tricky thing. Yeah, I, I just the idea of putting the uh, well, there's two there's two different issues there, right? There's there's dealing with family and talking to kids about it, but there's also this: mm-hmm. how much of your legacy goal are you building into that plan? Mm-hmm. Are you, are you planning to, you know, the last check to balance or the the last nickel to be paid mm-hmm. the last day you're alive? Right? Are you are you planning for that, mm-hmm. or do you want to have some kind of an effect after right. you? And I. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I got to, you know, I, I've been doing this for 27 years. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of clients refer us new clients all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, we say that there's not a fit more often than we say it's a fit. Mm-hmm. And and the, the the number one reason for us to say it's not a fit is when somebody says, you know what, I want, I want my last dollar to be spent, you know, the day I die. Because mm-hmm. I, I just, why, if, if you have the capacity right. to do good in the world, mm-hmm. Why would you not do good in the world? Right. right. I don't care if it's for you. Even if your last check is $100 to the cat people. Exactly. Right? (laughs) Do something good. Why not? It's like, how selfish do you have to be to say, I'm going to spend my last dollar on me? Like that's, you know, you're you're not actually Mm -hmm. treating yourself that well. You're Mm -hmm. saying, well, I'm not the kind of person that gives at that point. Yeah, and, and we've talked about how important that is, um, oh, you know, and, and, and of course, you know, the, the big thing that we have to plan for is the fact that we could easily spend a lot of time in retirement, right. um, far more, you know, obviously, and I'm, I'm, that number gets bigger every year. Um, COVID might've kind of messed up the numbers, it is, uh, unfortunately, because we had so many seniors who have been affected, but I mean, it's like everything else that is a temporary thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, we need to plan for that and, and, you know, plan on, I mean, some expenses when you get, you know, if you go into a care facility or something, I mean, they can be catastrophic, um, you know, and and so you might have thought, gee, I'm going to be philanthropic, but it doesn't work out. But at least you aimed that way. Right. Exactly. Right. And that's my, so my mom's joke about COVID. She's, my mom is 70, huh, three, four, one of those two. Uh, And she said, she said, you know what? The one good thing about COVID, this is terrible. I can't believe I'm sharing this. She said, the one good thing about COVID is maybe social security will be more, more solvent now. Less people. Less, less people <laughs> in retirement. Oh, mom, that's horrible. I know. You know oh, that's harsh. Yeah. harsh. I mean, you know, it's, it, yeah, yeah. These things, I mean, like it, wars, I mean, same thing. It takes out yeah. whole chunks yeah. of people, um, yeah. you know, and, and good or bad, you know, there's, there's yeah. that that happens. But, but it is about planning, um, you know, and, and, and I mean, you can start now, you know, whatever your age is. Start planning. And, and again, I love your book because it talks about, and here we go, I'm going to play Vanna again. Um, it, it talks about really what is important to you. you know, and, and, and if it's getting that Porsche, okay, get the Porsche. It's probably not going to, you're probably not going to like it as much as you think you did once you really get it. But um, you know, if that really is the most important thing to you, fine, then, then that's great. But you know, what, is, what is your legacy going to be? How do you want to live? Um, I'm just amazed at the people who live in tiny homes. 
I can't get that small. I mean, you know, we got too much stuff. Um, but downsizing definitely is something. I mean, you know, and and um, you know, we were talking, you know, b- before about people who who have to have the gigantic houses. I'm sorry, how many rooms can you live in? Um, you know, our dining room table is actually being used at the moment. How many people really use their dining room table? Because we have puzzles on it. Because, right, we all started doing jigsaw puzzles. With you. Right. Um, right. And so, yeah, I mean, think about what do you really need? Do you need that dining room? Do you need, you know, the, the open plan for concept with granite countertops? Ugh. I mean, I remember I told the mortgage person or the, the realtor when we moved here, she said, now what do you want in your kitchen? And I said, I want to be able to put both my arms out and spin and not touch anything. Because my last kitchen had been small. And I said, I don't care about granite countertops. I really don't want stainless steel. And she just looked, I was her dream. Because I wasn't saying, I want, I want, I want, I want, I want. I was like, Ugh. <laughs> I want to be able to spin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I want to, you know, and, and yeah. And so, yeah, and that was important to me because I could see you know, and, and so, yeah, really, why are you getting, what is important? And you talk about that in your book. Um, you know, why, why is that important? You know, do you want that boat because you want to be out on those open seas and enjoy that? Or do you want the boat because your neighbor got a big boat? Right. I mean, if you're going to build a life, you may as well build it on a foundation of something mm-hmm. that you love, like right. not because your neighbor got it, but because that's what you want. Right. I My dream, neighbor- I dream occasionally. I go, you know what? Someday I want to go back and get a PhD in economics. Mm-hmm. Someday I'll, I want to do that. And mm-hmm. so there's, you know, there's part of me that thinks that maybe, maybe eventually I do trade other things away and make right. that happen. Mm-hmm. You know, but there's so many. I want to scuba dive. I want to. Da, 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 da. There's so many things on the list. Oh yeah. To make choices, mm-hmm. got to make choices. Mm-hmm. And if you make choices, then you can you can have the things that you prioritize. Right. But you got to give up some of the other things. Yeah. Like we all have the list. Yeah. And the choices need to be realistic. Um, right. You know, you want to scuba dive. Okay, that's great. You live in California. Um, you know, so it's not that you're scuba diving in, you know, some, you know, or maybe you're saving up for it. I mean, it might be a treat vacation or something like that. But, um, but yeah, it's. After you know, college for yeah. the kids. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, <laughs> and that really is the, the priority, you know, and, and hopefully they'll have scholarships. They'll have all sorts of things. Um, but you can't plan on that. Just like right. the people who go and buy their little Powerball ticket every week yeah i I honestly don't remember you know every once in a while i buy one i've bought maybe two in 10 years i mean this is you know but you know for some people it really is their idea of financial planning no i worry for them i worry yeah and Uh, and plus i sit there and i think okay they spent ten dollars on the powerball tickets what if they spent the ten dollars on something else but um now my husband does he buys a a ticket every every week and he said you know for five dollars it's a cheap dream yeah, but yeah, yeah, but yeah, you know, it's or the people who go to casinos. Oh my gosh, oi, you know, I take my when I go to a casino, I have my little hundred dollars, and I'm not going over my little hundred dollars. Sometimes I play for a long time. Are you so, close to a casino? No, we're a long way no, no, away. So like, yeah, so I, you know, this trip. is not a yeah, big yeah. deal. I take my little hundred dollars maybe once a year. Right, right. Sometimes I'm occupied, and see, my problem is I get bored really easy. So, you know, sometimes I'm occupied for 15 minutes. Sometimes I play for a couple hours on my 100 bucks, but when my 100 bucks is gone, I'm You're done. 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 Um, you know, now you go and, to see a show. Yeah, yeah, yeah and spent $300 on the show. Right, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my gosh. We were in Vegas in November, and I was like, oh, my gosh, you know. Oh, but so cool. Well, oh, my gosh, Jonathan. We are almost at the top of the hour. And, you know, and, and I always, when I look at the clock and realize, you know, we still have so many things to talk about. I'd love to have you back on, you know, in, in six months, a year to talk about the post-COVID. Because I think it really is going to shake up so many people with, you know, I, I think there's hopefully going to be a lot of people who go, you know what, spending time with my family was really pretty cool. So, you know, and unfortunately, there's going to be a lot of shifts in business, all sorts of things. So it'll be very interesting to talk with you again once we've kind of come out of this mess to, to see what's going on. Yeah, I'd love to. That'd be a lot of fun. Great. Well, in the meantime, how do people find you and connect with you online? The best, the best place to go is, is the website, which is mindful.money. Not mindfulmoney.com. It's mindful.money. Money and cool. if, if people uh, sign up for our um, sign up for the the email list, mm-hmm. we'll let you know when the courses come out and when the courses Perfect. come out and you you say we notice you came from this program, we'll let you have access to things for free. Great, I love it. And of course, your book is it on Amazon? On Amazon, go to your local bookstore though. If yes, you have 
Oh, we were in Birmingham last week specifically to go to a small independent bookseller. Yep. I mean, it was, yeah. Yeah, it was it was great fun, you know, and and so, but yeah, you know, support do local first if if at all possible, and have them order it. You know, just if they don't have it, that's okay. Have them order it. Have them order a couple extra copies because other people right. want it too. That's right, absolutely. But that's the best place to find us is mindful.money, and obviously get the book. Perfect, I love it. Well, do you have any final thoughts for everybody? You know, there's I always like to leave this this sort of three three items, and uh, you know, the world always wants us to do one thing. That's not the thing that's always beneficial for us. So just do this. Stop predicting, start planning, and stay mindful. I love it. Well, I've been having a wonderful discussion about Yes Finances with Jonathan Dio. Until next time, everyone have a great day. Thanks, Deb. Tune in for our next program for even more trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. The Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer, is proud to be part of the C-Suite Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.